All right, I think they're ready for us, Steven. You ready? Yep. All right, let's get it. So what's up, everyone? Thank you for watching another episode of We Got Next. Um, I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Christian Hayes, and we have Steven with us along the way. So thank you all, just before we start out, for supporting us throughout this whole time. One of our videos we noticed had over 300 views, and that's a huge milestone for us. But then the bigger thing is, and I was talking to Steven, we're not just talking to people in America. I was looking at some of the analytics and some of you all are from Slovakia, Czech Republic, Mexico, France, and we even saw India up there. So we want to appreciate everyone around the world that is tuning in to listen to us, whether you are listening on our new platforms like Anchor and Spotify, or if you've been an OG from the beginning watching us on YouTube, we do appreciate you all along the way. We just want to touch on the two giveaways before we go into our fast break. And the first giveaway is we're giving away $100 in Bitcoin once we hit 100 subscribers and then 100 likes on any video. And then the other giveaway that we are going to be doing is whoever can come up with the best cryptocurrency segment name will be able to win $25 in Bitcoin. So those two are the ones coming up along the way. Once again, thank you for all the support. But let's get into the fast break. So what you got for us, Stephen? All right. So you and I always exchange um random videos that we see on on twitter and i try and send you the ones i see from instagram but since you don't have instagram that's like half the good stuff so like you don't even know what's going on so <laughs> let me share so this one was uh, like i don't even i don't even i don't even know why people would do this but it's like it's just funny so before I go into it, the premise of this, and these are just crates that like no card crates, nothing, yeah. nothing crazy, nothing crazy about them. Um, they're they're pretty hard. Like we all know that they're not like they're not forgiving. They're not rubber. They're they're hard plastic. Yeah. Premise of this is to go from here, go from the bottom, go to the blue one, go all the way up to the top, and come all the way back down without falling. Right. It seems on the surface, it seems like you could do it, right? Because like those, they look pretty sturdy, but You'll see once you start getting to the top, it's it ain't gonna work. You legit look at it as you go up the way. Like, he's on the. Oh, <laughs> dude, he went down. Look at this. Wow. Even... <laughs> my guy went. My, my guy went down and hard, and I wish. On everything. See that? Guy, yeah, that guy. <laughs> like, bro, he didn't even like. He didn't. Even, he barely moved, and it just goes down. Yeah, no. That hard, dude. Happening. And there was, yeah, that one was the funny one because he got to the top and you're like, all right, we got past the tough part. Nope. Like you said, those nope. are unforgiving because yep. he started yep. that. Yep. Oh. All of them. You know the what whole like, thing. Yeah. Everything is collapsing. You just gotta, you just gotta go. Like, you yeah. just gotta go. And because he was good. When he got the longer the you wait, the longer you wait, you know, the more your body's starting to sway. It stopped after this one, but Lord knows what she was going to do. Yeah, that wasn't going to end. So, yeah, that was, um, I did see that there was a couple, people, a couple people who made it across, but not You know it wasn't on many. the first try. I know for a fact. Oh, God, no. You have to practice that and be like, all right, let me get and, this down. Like, shit, man, you know how long that probably took for them to set that back up set every single time? Yes. <laughs> every single time. 
how do you put the ones on the top? Because I know everyone's not tall enough to reach it. Yeah, probably just put people on shoulders and whatnot. Against <laughs> some ladders, you know? It's, it's the street, so people are trying to figure it out, you know? Hey, anything <clears throat> possible. So yep. we did one fast break, and we want to get into the breaking news. I had a bunch of things lined up, but then when I heard about this uh, an hour or two before we actually started the show, I knew we had to go into this. So congratulations to Cade Cunningham, Stevens boy for the Detroit Pistons. He signed a multi-year partnership, they call it, with BlockFi, which is a um, cryptocurrency platform that I encourage a lot of people to use. They're very user-friendly. They have a lot of different cryptocurrencies, and they're starting to add even more. They have your uh, BNB. So they have BUSD, then they have Bitcoin, they have Litecoin, Ethereum, Uniswap, and then starting to add more as well. But the premise of it is he's going to get a signing bonus that he got from the Detroit Pistons as well as some of it from BlockFi, and he will be converting it straight into Bitcoin. This is something that he viewed that is important for his future, but also he will be a spokesperson for BlockFi, which is very big. As you all know, Trevor Lawrence did the same thing. And if you get that number one pick to do it, it generates so much awareness, more so not even people investing, but people will start to wonder, all right, what is this? Because you got Trevor Lawrence, then you have uh, Kate Cunningham, and you also have Tom Brady, who has his own NFTs with auctions. And he has like Tiger Woods, Naomi Osaka, and Wayne Gretzky, just to name a few over there. So they sign autographs and it's through DraftKings. So you can only imagine what DraftKings is going to start doing there too. So congratulations to Cade. It's a big thing because also another one of Steven's boys, Saquon Barkley, is doing the same thing, accepting all of his marketing dollars in Bitcoin. So we got to congratulate them on that. Speaking of Saquon Barkley and Penn State, Steven, what you got coming up for everybody? Yeah, so we, um, you have your crypto segments during the week with your folks. And um, I'm going to be doing the same thing with Penn State football. Each week I'm going to put out just a quick hitter. We're going to call it quick slants. Um, it's going to be 30, 40 minutes. Do a little, um, little preview of the season coming up here. I'll, I'll put the first one out next week. A um, little preview of the season, um, what the expectations are in State College. Um, I always have eyes in the years on the ground in Happy Valley. So I'll hopefully get some, some little nuggets for everyone to pass along and, and everything and get some ins and outs during practice and whatnot so um and then as the season starts we'll preview the upcoming opponent um we'll recap the games you know hopefully get some on i'll try and make it as you know as consistent as possible during the week you know if something happens or there's breaking news or you know whatever um i'll kind of throw one out there if i need to but um you know it's it'll, it'll be cool um like i said we'll try and get some guests on um, I know a couple of people who are going to be interested in, and I know that a large portion of the people who are going to be watching this particular episode, probably like 99.9% of them are not Penn State football fans, or maybe don't even like know who Penn State football is. Yeah. So that's the thing, you know, we accepting, or I'm accepting applications for the Penn State football fan base. Um, you only have until this season's over it, to, to get on the bandwagon. Because after this season, we're taking off, and you might as well get on now so you can tell people I was on board when Penn State took off initially. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be cool, though. You know, I've always, obviously, you know you know me, um, always wanted to have something Penn State-related to talk about and yeah. kind of dive into things. And we'll do it on this, too. As the season goes on, we'll kind of have some some mini mini breakdowns, and we'll have some some guests on during during this. But I'll have a primary focus um, focused um segment during the week like i said 
30, 40, 45 minutes, depending on what's going on, depending on the week, depending on who we're playing or anything that's going on in practice. And I'll, I'll touch on all things college football. Um, you know, there's always a lot going on in the college football world, especially lately um, with the name image likeness, the people always talking about the college football playoffs, this and that. Um, there's always some news and, and notes going on. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. Um, it'll be good. We'll get it going as the season as the season gets closer. Like I said, I'll put out the first one next week, and we'll just keep it rolling each week. Where should people tune in to try and find it and listen to it at? Um, we'll promote it on. I don't know how much. I don't know how much I'll do on YouTube. Um, I'll probably do it on uh, through Spotify and uh, an Anchor podcast. Uh, keep it on there. Now, if it's something big and we have a guest on, um, and you know. If that guest is cool with doing YouTube stuff, we might do it that way. So um, we'll kind of iron out all these details. Um, and there's definitely going to be some some good spots for people to go find some some more Penn State news and notes. There's a couple a uh, couple platforms everybody can can go on and obviously go follow Penn State Penn State football um, on social media platforms, YouTube. I mean, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, to keep up with the news throughout the year. If you're tired of hearing my voice, you can go listen to other people talk about it. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. We'll have some we'll have some guests on throughout the year, and um, hopefully, we can go 15 weeks and make it to the national title game. And who knows? Maybe Penn State will pay for me to go to the national title game and do a little little spot for the for the for the we got next crew down in uh, down in I forget where the national title game is this year. I think it's Miami, maybe. Um, which would be dope. I mean, I'll go, I'll go wherever. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good time. And we'll keep everybody updated on when, where, where they can find it at, um, and timing and, and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah. So I'm excited for that one. And it's something that Steven definitely touched on. We're able to tackle both the worlds this way because we'll have a lot of content on cryptocurrency on YouTube, but then now we'll be able to focus on anchor podcasts and Spotify with the Penn State football. And we told you all in the beginning that Steven's a huge college football person and he can give a lot of analysis on it. What else I appreciate about Steven is he's then able to talk to you all about prospects that are going to be going into the NFL. So a lot of the people, like I found out more so about Miles Sandler and then even Christian Hackenberg when he was there and a lot of the defensive players too. All of them, I found out, I knew about them, but Steven's able to end up giving you more analysis than even a lot of the Ohio State players and then some of your Bama and Texas players too. So. I'll also touch on uh, recruiting. That's yeah. another big thing. Um, currently right now, Penn State has the number one recruiting class for 2022. So just kind of like a little preview of what we're going to talk about. Like this season is James Franklin's eighth season, head coach of Penn State. This is a monumental season potentially for him. Um, if things go the way... I think they might. Now I'm not going to go 15 and 0 and win a national title like I usually do. But if this season goes away, a lot of people think it could really springboard Penn State um, into the next four or five years with the talent we have coming in. And Penn State won the Big Ten title in 2016. Everybody from that team is gone, so it's a whole new era now. It's a whole new, whole new slate of guys. So a lot of big things coming up. Um, yeah, we'll get everybody up to speed on everything Penn State football related and what's going on in. Um, in state college yeah so that'll be good we're going to touch on uh some of the cryptocurrency stuff now so the first thing i want to talk to everyone about is bitcoin bitcoin is sitting at around forty-seven thousand dollars. ethereum is sitting at a little over three thousand dollars so that's another big thing and for all of my you trust fans out there because i told you i always try and keep you guys updated on it you trust is sitting at around 46 cents so those are the three big things and a lot of times people would end up talking to us 
and just questioning like what's wrong with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, it's dropping. You can clearly see, and I mentioned this in the beginning that Tether will be a big indication of how the market is doing before Tether was sitting around place three and four, but Tether is now at five. So USDT number one is Bitcoin. Like you all see, and just look at the growth of how it is. It's more so a healthy growth and you start to see the decrease within Tether. Tether will always be around 99 cents to a dollar one. It tries to be as one-to-one pegged to the dollar as possible. And then we have a new person that's been entering. We didn't talk about it last week, but I wanna touch on it. So Steven, scroll down just a little bit all the way to probably number 10 or 11. So you see someone sitting at good old number 10, so Solana. So this is one a lot of people have been talking about. They are building so much out there. All of the people in happy world, you all know. So ticker symbol H-A-P-I. I know there's a lot of people out there that usually talk to me about uh, happy and they are working with Solana. Polkadot's up there as well. They have a lot going on with their parachains and Kusama. And then you see a number 14. So Luna, Terra, that's a huge one that I mentioned to you all before. Um, sitting at number 14 with a price of 30.30 right now. So they are working with Travala, which Travala, everyone out there in the world, you know about like Travelocity, Priceline, Expedia, all those. Travala is the uh, cryptocurrency version of your airlines agency, your travel agent. And the big thing with them is Terra Luna has a UST, which is a stable coin. So now you can pay for your trips around the world in a stable currency. You don't have to use Bitcoin. You don't have to use Ethereum. So I was joking with friends, but I'm actually serious. That's probably going to be my new go-to place to end up purchasing everything. Because a lot of people that know me, I keep most of my uh, investments from Shift Movement either in the stock market or it's going to be in cryptocurrency. And then even a lot of my personal um, money is tied up into cryptocurrency. So to not even have to take it out and just pay for it in cryptocurrency is a huge thing for me. You also see uh, Binance, USD, BUSD. That's another one that is sitting lower. So you have USDT, you have USD, and you have um, Binance USD all falling down, which is a huge indication of what's going to happen with the market. Do not be surprised if the market does pull back to around 43 or 42,000 uh, because we have been on a push up. We were down around 30, 31,000 not too long ago. And for us to move up is a big thing there. So that's what I want to touch on with CoinMarketCap. That's what we'll always use. I know people use CoinPaprika. Some people use CoinGecko, but we usually use CoinMarketCap. It's just easier to use and a lot of people know about it. Sometimes we will use CoinGecko. I got to congratulate Crypto.com for another sponsorship they are doing. Now they're working with Serie A. For everyone out there in football world, you know that's where Juventus plays, AC Milan and AS Roma are out there in that league. So now, whenever you end up watching the game, it's a huge sponsorship for them. Clearly, Crypto.com has a huge budget, but they will be the presenter of Goal of the Month within Serie A. They also will be the presenting sponsor in a lot of the different things. They call it a partner. So it'll be like presenting partner of XYZ. So that's a huge thing. Everyone that watches football or basketball, when they have seen, let's say, for example, the Mikolo player of the night. So it'll be the Crypto.com Goal of the Month type of thing. So that's another big thing for them. Um, catching on the next thing, so BlackRock. So everyone out there in the world, if you heard of BlackRock, so they are allocating $382 million into Marathon and Riot blockchain. So both of those are focused on the cryptocurrency world. And it's just big to see these big time companies investing so much. The next thing I want to touch on, because talking about people that are investing so much, 
And so I don't mess up anything with it. Everyone out there in the world, you know, Brian Armstrong, he works for Coinbase. And I quote, and he said this today, and this is another thing. We recently received a board approval to purchase over $500 million of crypto on our balance sheet to add to our existing holdings. And we'll be investing 10% of all profit going forward in crypto. I expect this percentage to keep growing over time as the cryptocurrency matures. So they are gonna put $500 million in cryptocurrency on their balance sheet. And it just shows you the more we go forward, so many companies are going to start doing this. And I just have to say, it's huge for the cryptocurrency market. It draws a lot of awareness, but everyone out there that thinks, oh, I'm gonna sell because it's gonna get in lower. You're just gonna be selling to people like this because they're gonna be, end up buying it and then they're gonna be holding. So you're just gonna have to get it at a more expensive price. Other people that are doing it, Wells Fargo and JP Morgan. So both of them are creating a private client wealth fund. So for the wealthy clients, we'll be able to invest through them in cryptocurrency. I still personally believe they should just do it their damn selves. Anybody can invest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency on their own. But a lot of wealthy clients would rather just have uh, the brokers or bankers do it for them. It is another thing to make it easily accessible. So even though um, JP Morgan and Jamie Dimon over there with Chase, they weren't necessarily the most upfront and trustworthy when it comes to Bitcoin and cryptocurrency because they made it like a fraud and a scam and stuff like that in the beginning. They are getting on board, which we do appreciate. Um, I wish they were more transparent, but seeing them both get on with this is very big and very important. Another one that has been kind of two-faced-ish is the former SEC chairman, Jay Clayton. So he is now joining the Bitcoin custody. And again, this is the Securities Exchange Commission former uh, chairman, Jay Clayton. So for him to get on board with this, that is another big thing. So just seeing all these people come into cryptocurrency or having an important part in the Bitcoin world is big. I wanna bring Steven in for this next one we're about to do because it is with Google. And Google's valuation when they went public was $23 billion. So Jeff Bezos got in when it was under a dollar. I found that out back in like the 1980s or whatever. Now the valuation for Google is $1.8 trillion. <laughs> like, that, that doesn't even make sense. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like, it's, like, I know it's Google, but like, what does that even mean? Like, like, how, like, how, like, why, how's it get there? What's, what, like, what's going on? Like, what's Google doing? Everybody else is not doing. So what's crazy that a lot of people always wonder about, the valuation is basically what everyone is investing in to create it to that one. That's not even taken into consideration all the time, how much revenue and stuff that they brought in or how much is their net income. So this is like what their shares are, what has gotten to that point. You just think about them, then you think about Microsoft. And then another one I found out is Facebook is over a trillion dollar company too. And I'm just like, what the hell are these companies doing that is allowing them to get to these points? It's wild the amount of money because then that guarantees, even though we knew it, but that means Mark Zuckerberg clearly in the billions of dollars. You have all the Google owners clearly in the billions. Bezos, although he's not a prime person anymore with Amazon, we know damn well he does things with Amazon. So he still gets a little money on the side. You have Musk that always gets money um, whenever the valuation of the company goes up. So that's the big thing with them. And then another thing converting on the balance sheet. So a biotech company called Spines Holding, they're converting a lot of their portion of the balance sheet into Bitcoin. So that's just another big time company that's going to be doing that. So we have to salute and congratulate them. 
Um, but while we're on congratulations, I want to segue this over into baseball. So we don't talk a lot about baseball, but this is one person that Stephen and I will always talk about. And Shohei Otani, he allowed one run over eight innings and he hit his 40th home run. So what are your thoughts on the man out there? You don't even get to hear about Trout anymore or think about Trout because of Otani's season that he's having so far. Um, I just don't think a lot of people understand what he's doing and how literally nobody else is doing it. Like, you know, there's in you know, football, baseball and basketball, hockey, whatever, you know, there's pretty much any sport, there's always a handful of guys or girls who are like putting up crazy numbers and like everyone it seems like every every quarterback's throwing 40 50 touchdown passes it seems like every receiver is getting a ton of yards you know college football every running back saying a thousand yards it's just like everyone's kind of the same thing it's all cool like nba players are scoring 50 points like like it's no one's business yeah. and like that's cool like that's awesome like everyone's kind of doing the same thing but like what Shohei Otani is doing is Different. just a whole other level. And it sucks that he plays with angels. I mean, people know about him because of what he's doing. And because, you know, when a player comes over from Japan or when a, a top prospect comes, you know, from, you know, the Dominican or whatever, you know, you know about them because they're a big time prospect, especially when they come from Japan and how big baseball is over there. Yes. And you kind of knew about, you know, what, what he could do. And the biggest thing was obviously, you know, he, he pitches and he hits and he does both at a very high level. And he, I think he's, um, he's undefeated, uh, in since, since July, um, his, his numbers are numbers are stupid. He's obviously got the 40 home runs leads the majors in home runs. Uh, he's, he's probably not going to get the MVP, but he should, he should. because, uh, you know, the angels aren't on a great team. If he wasn't there, they would be, you know, trout's been out, so they would be pretty bad. But I just don't think a lot of people understand what he's doing, and we'll have to see what the rest of the, what, it, what the rest of the career looks like. But you know, Elsa, I thought about when I was looking at his numbers, um, which again are mind blowing. Um, he was, he, I forget how many home runs he hit before the All Star. I think it was like 34, 35 ish, maybe. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was on a good pace, and he was on pace to, you know, probably hit around 60-ish. You know, like, I looked at Barry Bonds' numbers back when he hit 73 home runs, which is still... That's mind-blowing. Just, just an astronomical number that I don't... I Someone will eventually get there, but um, when he did it, the same thing with McGuire and Sosa, when they there, you know, McGuire hit 70, um, 71, and when um, Sosa hit his 60-something home runs, like, Bonds just tore that shit up he did yeah and like he in the times he got walked yes and the, the amount of like the amount of home runs like the amount of hits he had and then the amount of, of those hits that were home runs like hit, that season was was crazy but but he wasn't pitching as well otani was pitching and hitting last night like and i you know we've seen we've seen pitchers hit home runs and it's cool to see that but we don't see pitchers hit 450 foot bombs to dead center like every night 
and the, I don't know if you, I don't know if you catch the, catch him on on when when they show the videos of his home runs, the sound the ball makes coming off yeah, of his bat is completely different, completely different from everybody else's. I can close my eyes and watch his home runs compared to everybody else's, and I can pick out Otani's. Yeah, it's so loud, and you just know right away, gone like four hundred fifty feet, like every time. It's crazy. People just get like how, like how impossible it seemed that he's the best home run hitter in baseball right now. And, you know, one of the, I guess one of the better pitchers in, in, in the majors. And I pray to the sports gods above that he keeps going, that he just keeps, keeps trucking along. Maybe has a 50 home run seasons, puts up stupid numbers all the time. I would lose my mind, lose my mind. If he won a Cy Young award, an MVP and yeah, batting title and, and home. Like if he just like had like that perfect season, that'd be, that, that would be incredible. But I just, I pray the sports guys, you know, every time there's an athlete like this, I just pray that they just keep, going. you know, knock on wood, they don't get hurt or like some yeah. off the field shit happens. I just hope that he stays healthy um, and that he just keeps going and that he does his entire career because I would love for him to win one. And I love for him to be on the East Coast or close to it so I can see him play more. Thank you. Yeah, so two things I want to bring up with that, because a lot of times a lot of the players are only at risk necessarily on one side of the bat. But with him, he's at risk both sides because as a pitcher, if that shit comes right back at you, you might be done. So he has to protect himself there. But imagine getting a 95, 100-mile-an-hour fastball just straight to the head, straight to a leg. Like, you have to worry about it. that, And then running, too to the bases you see so many times i'll never forget when Derek jeter hurt his hamstring just running the first base and it's like you can hurt yourself so many ways so i really hope otani does stay healthy but the other thing is i hope the angels get better like i would really want him to be on a good team because i think about it the one i i can um put this towards it's like devin booker when devin was doing really well with the phoenix suns when they sucked and you're just like or even calvin johnson or Barry Sanders, like, don't let these years just go by. He is greatness you're clearly seeing. No matter if he plays one more year or 15 years, it's amazing. And they need to make sure to put a team around him, too. You had these mm-hmm. players going to the Dodgers. You had these players going to the Giants. Angels, can you guys get somebody? Like, y'all yeah. are the third best team in that small area. Like, yeah. how is that possible? Sorry, out of California, you're probably like the fourth. Because the Padres are better than you right now. You got the Giants. You got the Dodgers. And the Angels mm-hmm. are just chilling. So it sucks because same thing when, you know, before Shohei came around, we were talking about Mike Trout like this. Yes. Like baseball purists know, or like just baseball, you know, any, any sports fan who's like, who just knows how great of a player it is, like Calvin Johnson, for example. Calvin Johnson could have played on the moon and he would have done the same shit. Absolutely. Like it didn't matter where you played at. It just sucks that like those great of players and those those guys who seem, you know, like they're great dudes and love the game and everything, not just talking football, but any sport. You like you want to see them succeed. Like you want to see them somewhere, be somewhere where you could watch them all the time. And we all know how much I love West Coast timing. You see them on the you know, see them on the East Coast or whatever, or play for a good team. But then you you know, you got guys like Mike Trout who are just super loyal and they just want baseball and just have a good time. And like, 
I'm sure that they want to win a title, right? And who knows, maybe it might have it for the, for the Angels. But like you said, they got to put a team around them, um, him and Otani. So, you know, they have they have two of the probably top five players in baseball. Yeah. And you got to, yeah, you got to build around them. I'm feeling the same way about Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're seeing like, like we, like when, when Barkley was at Penn State, he never had a good offensive line. And we saw, we saw him do things that if he had a good offensive line, he wouldn't have had to do. He wouldn't have had to like create his own yards and sh- things like that. And it's the same thing with the Giants. And I really hope that he, you know, they figure it out and get, sh- get shit going with him and get shit going with the team. But I just really hope that these guys stay healthy and we get to see them for a long time. Absolutely. the game and putting up insane numbers. So someone else that put up some insane numbers, but not on the field, more so with his checks. We got to shout out Terry Rozier because he, I don't like to always go back to the whole Dennis Schroeder thing, but I was, I was just, was just going to say that. Yeah. Terry Rozier just put himself in a great situation. Shout out to his agents. Cause this man just got 97 million over four years. Of course, it's not all fully guaranteed, but for the contract to show those numbers, for Terry Rozier, that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. So I yep. think it's more so impressive because you're not going to hear about Terry Rozier all over. You He did very good for a good stint in Boston when he was Scary Terry, and that just got him that money. He's going to the mm-hmm. right teams at the right time to do it. So congratulations to yep. him for what he's doing on the East Coast, knowing the places to get the money at. And then we got a shot. So this one I want to talk about. Because Rashid Wallace is now the assistant coach at the University of Memphis. And I think the funny part about this shit is, you know you could see him in practice or in the game, sit on the sidelines, at the free throw line. Ball don't lie. Like, I know he's about to be doing that the whole time. Just ended up just saying that. So that's something funny because it's going to be him and then it's going to be Penny Hardaway that are coaches out there. So... Congratulations to Rasheed Wallace on getting that. The next thing we want to end up talking a little bit about is the summer league. So within the summer league, I want to just, he's not going to do well, but Steven and I do talk about it. Uh, LiAngelo Ball. So Jello's in a unique situation out there, but congratulations to LiAngelo Ball for what he's been doing over the summer in the summer league. But congratulations goes out to the Sacramento Kings for winning the summer league. There's someone that I was talking the other day when uh, Pillar Wallet was on with Kieran, and the Kings just have a young team. I don't know how long it'll take for the team to be good, but they have a young team over there. Long time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> long time. Long time. <laughs> long time, bro. Especially in the, especially in the West. <laughs> like, have- long time, bro. <laughs> And they're so different from the kids <laughs> you know that were good. Like when they had Peja and then they had Vladi Divac and Chris Weber. This team is just cats are gonna run and gun. I think they have Kali Stein still. No, they don't have Kali Stein. I think he left. He's on the but, Warriors. Yeah, yeah. But I know oh, they no. have, yeah, something like that. But they have Buddy Heald. I still know he's there. Aaron Fox is out there, and now they have Davian Mitchell. Yeah. So he was he was balling um, in the in the summer league. He wasn't putting up like crazy numbers, but he was he was definitely balling. Good for him. 
Yeah, so he's a Baylor Bear for everyone out there. They beat the Celtics, which is a wild part, 100 to 67. So Okay, okay, okay. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, hang on, hang on a second. We got to talk about this. We got to talk about Peyton Pritchard. Yes, yeah. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Peyton Pritchard, Boston Celtics player, minimal playing time during the regular season. You know, summer league is where he's going to shine. And all these, you know, all these NBA players, they always play and pick up games over the summer. They all have leagues back where they're, you know, back where they're from, where there's leagues all across the country where they go stop and play at. This man, Peyton Pritchard, had 92 points in one game. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. And then I think and then I think he followed up with like a 56-point game or something stupid like that. 92 points. Christian. Anywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. I don't, yeah, I don't care if you're playing in your backyard. I don't care if you I don't care where you're playing. I, I need to know. I didn't do the research on this and I should have. I need to know how long that game was. That's what his idea. what his stat line, like what his stat line was. I think he also had like eight boards and five assists. Um and why didn't he score hundred? And like I just need to know what like what what was going on in this game? Like was this just like a was this just like a one of those um what do you like wait where's Mellow and all them always playing like the summit or something like that oh, up in New York yeah, or whatever yeah. it is you know like is it is it is it just one of those things like what like ninety two points to bro it doesn't I'm trying to figure out the time like how much time did they give him in that game and it's not like uh when everyone saw Lamelo back in high school and he scored like seventy or eighty points. And clearly he was cherry picking some of it, but there's no way Pritchard Payton was doing that. The whole, how do you score 92 points? Uh, I mean, you know what? I'm going to, I got to look this up right now. So okay, while, we're, we're, we're doing this. We're doing this right now. Yeah. So while we're doing that, um, the co-MVPs for the summer league were Davian Mitchell and then Cam Thomas. So Cam Thomas is out of LSU. He was pick number 29, which is another impressive thing by the Brooklyn Nets. So congratulations to them. Cam Thomas had 27 points per game in the summer league. So hopefully he can get some sort of minutes. I was talking the other day when I was talking to Pillard Wallet. The big thing about Cam Thomas is Brooklyn Nets spent so much money or are going to spend so much on KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. They need some sort of bench players that are going to be on those rookie contracts or better minimum. Because also Blake Griffin's there. Of course, he's not taking up a lot of money. But that's another spot that's being taken up. And then uh, Stephen brought up Peyton Pritchard. So the first team, all summer league team, was Jalen Johnson from the Hawks, Davian Mitchell on the Kings, Trey Murphy the third on the Pelicans, Peyton Pritchard on the Celtics, uh, Jalen Smith on the Suns, Cam Thomas, who plays for the Brooklyn Nets, and then Obi Toppin on the Knicks. So those are the ones, the players that were on the all summer league first team don't ask me to go into all summer league second team because first off that's a lot of players <laughs> that you put on the all summer league first team i thought it was supposed to be like five players like in the all nba no they said let's just give it six seven eight players for that one so i couldn't find it by the way i don't i don't know i mean I, <laughs> it, it, it's just i just can't believe it. it even if i saw it i just couldn't believe it um shout out to isaiah thomas though also dropping he was balling yeah 81 players dude started pay attention um you know, what, you know what sucks about him is that I think he'll probably end up signing somewhere, either when training camp comes, comes around or during the season. Bro, if he was like 6'3", 6'4", it'd be different. You know, it'd be different. Like, like he, like he'd be 
balling, bro. Like he would be putting up 30 a game. Shit, like his he, he put up 20 a game like four seasons ago. Yeah. And he's and he's like what, like five, six? He's not a tall dude. Yeah. No, and he's, he's doing it. He's balling. If he was if he was six three, six four, I mean I mean he'd probably still be in Boston. Yeah, yes. Because that's when he was doing really good. Something I want to bring up because you brought up uh, Payton Pritchard and you brought up Isaiah Thomas. A lot of these players want to go play in these pro-end games and they really forget that they're NBA players because after they make a game when a shot, even like Trey Young, all the damn fans coming and just jumping on them and stuff. And I'm like, you don't have security that's going to be helping you the same way nope. in NBA games. Nope. They're jumping on top of you. Then, of course, you got the one big security guard trying to fight his way through and get them like, bro, you're five minutes late. Like, you should have yep. been there right when he made the shot. Because it only takes one time for them to say, breaking news, Trey Young just tore his ACL because everyone jumped on him. Oh, shit, what you going to do then? So that's the only thing. I get that they love basketball. Or even when KD would be playing at, like, Rucker Park, and he would pull up from everywhere, and then people would jump on the court. So I think that's the only thing they need to just remember. They are NBA players, and they probably do have their boys there too. But as soon as that last shot goes in, if it's a game winner, you better be right there to protect them. Because I'll never forget when Messi, um, Messi was in Miami. I'll talk about Messi in a second because he just accepted part of his deal in cryptocurrency for PSG. But Messi was in Miami leaving a restaurant. I had never seen so many people outside of that restaurant like ready for him. And it's crowding everything. You have to have like some backdoor or something for him to go out of. But these are superstars that they can't even live their normal lives going out there. It only takes one thing. Then that contract, you have to figure out what you're going to do because the injuries, look at John Wall. Look how much money he probably messed up with tearing every single part of his lower extremities. So you just have to end up thinking about that. Yeah, um, my guy was just walking in the house, wasn't he? Yeah, yes. You know, he was just he was walking around the house. Yeah, Achilles gone. So that's the big thing over there. Uh, Messi, because I brought it up. So everyone out there that uh, doesn't know, Messi is going to play now for Paris Saint-Germain. They are PSG for everyone. Um, Neymar and Mbappe are also over there, but he accepted. Boy. Deal. Huh? Yes, that's your boy. I know. So his deal is going to be in their native currency. But the other part is PSG has a fan token that's built on the Chili's and Socios platform and cryptocurrency. So he will also be having some of his deal in cryptocurrency because of that fan token. And the fan token allows the fans to engage with the team. It also is a brilliant idea for the team to increase the valuation of the whole soccer club. So congratulations to them. So we talked about football overseas. We're going to go into our fantasy rankings right now. So nice. we're going to end up finishing up the fantasy rankings for the running back. And then I believe next week, uh, we can start talking about quarterback. I think that's the next important thing. And before we touch on the fantasy rankings, I want to let everyone know we will be recording and doing the fantasy rankings. I mean, the fantasy draft on the show. Stephen and I playing the league together. And then we're probably going to get, I have one person confirmed that will be coming on the show. I'm looking to get one more from the league confirmed. And what will end up being is we'll just talk through the picks and just be able to see how we assemble the team. So some of it will be based off of the rankings Stephen and I did. I'm going to admit Half the time I'll make the rankings and then it only takes one pick from somebody else. It's like, shit, all this out the window. Then you just got to figure out who you're going to end up doing. So what you got to finish up your fantasy rankings for running back. All right. So quick recap. Um, I know you did 15. Uh, I did 10 with five honorable mentions. 
Honorable mentions were Melvin Gordon, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, David Montgomery, and Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do? 10 through 10 through 7? Uh, yeah, you were 10 through 10 7. 10 through 7. I did Najee Harris, Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, uh, and Zeke at 7. Uh, number 6. Number 6. Alvin Kamara. Yes. Um, okay. I think some people might think that's a little low, but just with the quarterback situation, uh, like we talked about with Michael Thomas when we did the receivers, you just don't know. I think they'll feed him the ball, but you know, if Michael Thomas isn't there or if he's not as as productive, um, especially with the toss up at quarterback, um, it could be a you know less productive season than than we than we've come to know for Kamara. Uh, number five, Nick Chubb. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Um, Georgia. So I, I'm not gonna say I was wrong about Nick Chubb when he came out, but I, my expectations were not for him to be this great this quickly. Um, I knew he was good in college. If you watched him at Georgia, he was, he was, he was, he was dope. Um, you know, because he played with um, Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle. You know, they carried you know both all those guys put time together. Um, but he's he's making a name for himself quickly too, and he's he's got all the tools to be be a top three back. Absolutely. And you know Cleveland's on the way up, and they're definitely going to keep using him so they can you know set the pass game with with Odell and Jarvis Landry. So um, yeah, I think he's he's definitely making his way to the top quickly. There's only um, one Dalvin- person that can mess him up in Cleveland, and that's Cream Hunt. He's just going to steal carries at times. He just better not. Yeah. Nick Chubb can't get injured again. Because Kareem Hunt is gonna clearly take over. Yep. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook at four. I think they'll same thing with with Chubb. They'll feed him a lot, get him a ton of touches to set up the, the pass game uh, for the Vikings out there. So um, you know, Dalvin Cook came off the injury. He was dope in college at Florida State. Came off the injury. Um, he was I think it was an ACL injury. Um, mm-hmm. So he's bounced back from there. He's kind of like I wouldn't say I wouldn't say under the radar, but Maybe a little bit, you know, because because he is coming on a lot later than some of these other guys are that that are more household names. But I just hope he yeah. get injured again because he hurt himself two years ago, and that's my only fear about always drafting him. You yep. never know when he's going to get that yep. injury again. Yep. Um, number three, I got Derrick Henry. Um, it's same thing with the last two guys. Like they're going to use him a lot. We all we all know what he can do. Like he's but he's not going to get you a lot of yards. If any in in the past game, yeah. he just gave him the rock. I mean, dude, he's 6'4", 245 pounds for God's sake. <laughs> like, bro, that's a running back, and he runs a four four. Like, yeah. I mean, you just give him the rock. They have a good offensive line, and I think there's going to be a little less pressure on him this year because they have Julio, they have AJ Brown, who's healthy. Um, Tannehill is getting a lot better. Um, you know, Titans are definitely one of those. They're not flying on the radar because we know what they're. We know how good they are. But you know, when everybody's healthy and they got a full team, like they're going to be, you know, top top of the top of the AFC, or you know, where they're going to fit at. But you know, you give Derek Henry the rock or the mill, and you're good. Um, number two, the last two guys, I think are you can go. Yeah, you can go one or one or two with either one of them. Uh, number two, I got Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, when he's healthy, he's 
I mean, he's a beast. There's no other way to put it. He's he's a beast. Shout out to the 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 white running backs. Um, yeah. he, he's just he's different. You know, he he's different, and I think Sam Donald's going to rely on him a lot, and the entire team is. I don't really care who the wide receivers are or how good they are. Like you're going to give him the ball as much as as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he only played in two or three games last year before yeah. before getting hurt. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you would know that. Um, <laughs> but I think if he's healthy and you know the Panthers are smart, they'll just they'll give him the rock as much as possible. Yeah. Number one, there's no surprise to anybody. We talked about him all the time. I talk about him a bunch. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Um, coming off the, the ACL injury, you know we've seen we've seen it before. We've seen Adrian Peterson bust out two thousand yards after tearing his ACL. That was and, wild. You know, di- different scenario. AP did it at the end of the season, and I think like the second to last game of the season, which made his two thousand yard season even more impressive. Barkley did a uh, third game of the season last year against the Bears. So Barkley's one of those freak athletes. You and I both saw him play a handful of times in college. I you know I saw him play a couple more times, but when he when he's like these conversations are all hypotheticals, right? I mean, it's we don't we don't know what the season's going to hold, and um, it's it's always like the the if if everybody stays healthy. It's just like the, the NBA is the the most at fault for doing this. Like when everybody is healthy, who's the best player in the league? Yeah. When all these running backs are healthy, everyone that I mentioned, Saquon Barkley, what he can do. The his ability in the pass game and in the run game to beat you both ways. Um, he's, I think, by far the best running back and potentially the best offensive player aside from quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm not just saying that because I'm wearing, you know, we went to the same school and, you know, he's an absolute legend in state college, as you know. But I just think that when he's at his, at his best, he's, he's unstoppable. Goes back to what I said, though. The Giants need to Sure up the offensive line. Yes. Daniel Jones needs to just turn around, give him the ball. Yeah. And, you know, that defense needs to get stops and get them back on the field and get them in a rhythm. You know, that's just how you're going to win. But, yeah, when he's when he's healthy, when he's rocking around, there's no one better than Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So, something I'm – well, three things I'm going to say. For starters, with CMC and with Saquon, I think both of them, what they need is a for-sure offensive line. It reminds me of the days with DeMarco Murray. First off, the Cowboys are the most genius team ever to make DeMarco look like he was the super-tastic best running back. The Eagles mm-hmm. like, let's scoop him up, and then yeah. we got you. But <laughs> with them, just shore up your offensive line, and then it'll help your running back so much. But I also think, and a lot of people don't realize this, have a good either tight end or wide receiver to take a little bit of it off of the running back. So then you can have Saquon do what he wants to do, which helped having like Odell for a little bit and Sterling Shepard in them out there. It did help Saquon. Because Saquon, when you have to put so much of the brunt every single time, you're going to end up like Chris Carson. And don't do that to yourself. So CMC is the same way. But what's crazy about uh, Christian McCaffrey, it's one of those names that no matter how many McCaffreys follow after Christian, you're going to hear that name. Because I remember watching his brother play, and you just expect him to be like Christian. And it ain't going to happen. When he plays, he even believes like he's going to be to that same level. I think he was at Nebraska for some reason. I was watching yep. it, but yeah, yep. he um he uh, tore up Penn State a little bit last year, yeah. but every, but but everybody did, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> and then the other thing I wanted to bring up before I go into mine is Derrick Henry reminds me of a way better version of Brandon Jacobs. 
Like, Brandon mm. Jacobs was a big dude. He could not run like Derrick Henry could. Mm. And the catching ability, Derrick's isn't amazing, but he can do that. But also, I remember that was when the Giants had Earth, Wind, and Fire out there, which was a lethal combination when they had all three of them. But mm-hmm. just recapping mine, so I'll do it really quick. We had J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, which I know I'm going to regret the Najee Harris one because I know it's going to be so much higher uh, just moving forward. Zeke, Josh, uh, yeah, Josh Jacobs, Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, and then Eckler was in that category as well. So going at number seven, and this is contingent upon Kareem Hunt because I don't know how they're going to do it. They need to give him the ball more, but I have Nick Chubb okay. uh, that's there. I didn't hear somebody that I'm curious what I might have heard it, but I don't know. Number six, I have Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones has – but so a lot of the Packers offense is really unique. I think the Packers offense, and this is not disrespect at all, it's a lower version of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Like you know every single time, oh, Tyreek's going to get it. Kelsey's going to get it. Even uh, Edwards Alaire is going to get it, or whoever the hell the running back is, is going to get it. But with the Packers, it's like, is it going to be Tunyon that'll end up getting it? Will Aaron Jones have a good game? We know Devontae Adams will have a good game, or will he? So it's tough with the Packers, because Jones can give you like two, three touchdowns, or he can give you none. So uh, uh, I'm glad you brought up the um, the Chiefs, too. Um I think just because, like, those offenses, they don't need a running back. Like, they, they don't need, like, they don't need a, a running back to, to set up the pass game because the quarterbacks are so elite. Tom Brady, the Patriots never had a running back. Yeah. Like, they, 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 they just kind of, yeah, <laughs> shout out. They just, like, they just plug guys in. Like, shit, they can plug you and I in. Yeah. And, we'll like, we'd be Gucci. Yeah, it would be Gucci. But, like, Rodgers and Mahomes and Brady are so elite that they don't need a running back to no. set up the pass game. Like, when you look at when you look at the Steelers, you look at the, you look at the, the Chargers, you look at the Cowboys, you look at um, the Giants when Eli Manning was there. They all had established running backs. You know, they had Tiki Barber, Jerome Bettis, um, you know, LT when he, was, when he was in San Diego, um, you know, Zeke. You know, all those, all those teams have running backs because, like, their quarterbacks are yeah, they're really, they're really good to great, but they're not on that same level of Brady, Mahomes, and Rodgers, where like they can just pick apart defense. Yeah, you just just play a ten on ten on eleven, and they'll it'll be the same thing as if is if they had a running back. So exactly. yeah, Aaron Jones can get you one of those monster games where he has like fifteen carries for like one hundred and thirty yards and three touchdowns, but then the next three weeks he'll have twenty carries. You know, 100 yards and two touchdowns over that three week span. Yeah. So it's very hit or miss. So I applaud you for having him in there, but I know. he's a no. tough one. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of like Jamal Williams because people are picking him up when Jamal Williams had like one good game. Then a week or two later, he's injured. And yeah. then also, he's not getting as much. So a lot of these players, I have Aaron Jones in here, but Aaron Jones is someone I picked up for a while, so I kind of understand when to play him and when not to play him. That's a big thing with, like, fantasy football. If you have a running back that's on a team with Brady or with Mahomes or with Rodgers, you have to see, like, what the weather is like. You have to see 
the scheme of what the defense does. If it's going to be one of those ground and pound games or like the defense is going to be strapping the receivers, then okay, put in your running back yeah. in those situations. Look at um, when LeGarrette Blunt had all those touchdowns. Half the time it was right next to the goal line or something like mm-hmm. that. So his yep. points yep. are up through the roof. So you are relying on that touchdown to end up winning. Um, number five, Dalvin Cook. So it's crazy how we have our five and four switch. So it's really interesting. Dalvin Cook had 15, uh, over 1,500 yards last year, which was really good. And number four, I have Alvin Kamara. And that's, I really don't know what it's going to be like in New Orleans. Most times you can tell how the team is going to go or what's going to happen. First off, you got Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. So I don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know what Michael Thomas you're going to get. You don't know what offense you're going to get. So that's one of those things that who knows, but Alvin Kamara is always going to be pretty good, but it's just an asterisk because he can't take the ball straight. They don't do wildcat every single time. So you got to hope Jameis Winston's not doing no funny business or Taysom Hill will steal some runs from you too. So that's what you have to worry about. Drew Brees had LT at one point, then he had Alvin Kamara. So he knew how to operate both, but you have a new quarterback that's up there. So I got to see what's going to happen. Uh, number three for me, um, just like Steven had some of his biases with Saquon, I have mine with the number three. Because goddamn picked him at number one last year, and I thought I was going to do something, and he got injured, and that is Christian McCaffrey. I was so hyped to get him at number one. I was like, bet this season is in the back. No, he got injured. No. Then they were like, and Christian McCaffrey's coming back. I was like, oh, shit, let's put him in. Injured. He just had to go out of the game. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? So a strategy a lot of people realize, and I've gone undefeated in the league before, and I've also won – two or three times, I just choose a lot of running backs because I realize when I don't choose a lot of running backs, it messes me up every single damn time. And if I didn't have other running backs, like I had Aaron Jones, I had Chris Carson, and that helped me. And then I also had um, the Carolina Panthers backup last year. So those helped me when Christian McCaffrey went out. But another big thing that helped, it didn't matter, just like Steve was saying, some situations, they don't. it doesn't really matter who the running back is. It didn't matter last year who the running back was for the Panthers. Reason being, they just had Teddy Bridgewater and not saying that in a bad way, but he was not the most accurate thrower because he's still coming back from that injury he had with Minnesota. So you put almost any running back back there and they were going to get some sort of points. So, well, Teddy Bridgewater also wears two gloves. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I mean, Teddy, Teddy, two gloves. (laughs) Yeah, he did. But Christian McCaffrey and Saquon. As well, both of them, when they are healthy, they're not just running backs. They are legit dual threats to the point that I know at one time they were like, you need to almost put them at both positions type of thing when it comes to fantasy and stuff. And you can't just view them as running backs and their salaries. They don't want to just be in the running back salary or like the wide receiver. They want the higher salary because that's what they're viewed at. So number two, um, I'm going with Saquon. And it's only because the number one, like wild me like I've never seen a year like that but Saquon and Christian McCaffrey if they were both straight healthy it'd be different but because I have so much damn fear because I had Saquon before injured <laughs> and then I had Christian McCaffrey injured there's only one player in this top three that did not get injured and that's Derrick Henry bro well <laughs> I mean like I am notorious with Derrick Henry because I picked him for like what four straight seasons and he didn't do shit and the one year i don't pick him he goes off for you know for two thousand yards yes 
That's like that's like I guarantee you, I'm not picking Jimmy Graham this year. Not doing it. He's gonna do something. He's gonna have 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns, and be an All Pro tight end. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be sick, bro. Sick. If that happens, it happens. Dude, it happens every time. Like my guys don't get hurt like yours. Okay, yeah, that's like your your guys get hurt, and when like your team just falls apart. My guys, my guys don't get hurt. They just don't produce. Yeah. And I'm just like, and I'm just stuck. And I can't trade him because no one wants to take him. But then I'm afraid to take. I'm afraid to trade them because they. I think they might come around. Yeah. So funniest thing before I finish up talking about Derrick Henry, I'll never forget. So there's another person in our league. His name is Matt. And it was the year Kareem Hunt was on the Chiefs. I was like, all right, that this is great. Like, let me trade. So we made some crazy trade and I got Kareem Hunt. So I thought I was balling <laughs> till this man decides to kick a woman. And then my whole team just fell apart. I was like, God damn. It's always the most random things that'll happen. I could be cruising. So any team... Uh, that anyone knows. I even one time when I went undefeated, I had Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Malvin Kamara. Like, never forget it. Everything was straight great. But you have to remember, it doesn't count the playoffs in the NFL playoffs. It finished up that week 16 and 17. So I'm like, all right, shit, like, how do I even maneuver this? I took out Todd Gurley. He bought out, so I lost. And it's one of those that I will cruise through the regular season. Just some random shit will always happen. Like, Someone will get arrested. Someone will get injured. Mm-hmm. Turns out, and you can't control week 16 and 17 because if the coach wants to arrest them, that's it. Yep. So yep. that's um, mine. We'll start with mm. the quarterbacks next time. I think with this one, we'll do 15 as well, but it won't be a solid 15. It'll be 10 through one is like the serious ones, but 10 to 15, 11 to 15 will be more so like your up and comers or the ones that might have a chance. And we can end up going from there on that one so that'll be over like the next two weeks as well cool. so that's the end of that what you got for everyone um did you see there's two things i wanted to i want to touch base on um did you see that lebron got no votes from any of the executives as the best player in the league zero really? votes i think um Giannis and KD over as the best players in the league among ex- executives like i mean at some point, you know, he's, he's not going to be the best player in the league, but when he's, you know, again, when he's healthy, he's still the best player in the league. Yeah. LeBron is. I mean, people can say what they want, but he's still the best player in the league. So there's that. And obviously LeBron's now taking the underdog story line to end of the season and, and everything. So there's that. I also want to touch on Tim Tebow. So, oh, yes. so I'm not, so Anybody who knows me knows that I'm not the biggest Tim Tebow supporter. Never have been. Um, my, yeah, my um, my mom went to Florida, so I just you know latched on to Tebow because of that. We got every every sports magazine cover you know that he was around. We got it shipped to our house, and we had a you know whole Tebow Tebow mania thing going on uh, when they were rocking and rolling at, at Florida. Um, but I think everybody knew that he wasn't going to be. A quarterback in the NFL. I think we all we all kind of knew that his throwing motion was completely out of whack. Yeah. Like it didn't even make sense how bad it was. Um, you know, he, he did the baseball thing with the Mets. Like my biggest thing is again, I'm not the biggest Tebow supporter, but like, why are we all dogging him? Yeah. Like, why is everyone dog like for like for trying? Like, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Yeah. Like, if, if that was my son, if, if that was if that was Mason. I'd be like, yeah, dude, go go do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. Like, if, if you fail, cool. Like, at least you at least you tried it. Like, 
did anyone expect him to be the number one tight end for the Jags? No. Exactly. Yeah. Did, did anybody expect him to make it to preseason without getting cut? Probably not. Yeah, no. I mean, bro, he was going to be the number four tight end, if not on the practice squad. I mean, did, I'm sure you saw the video of that block that he threw. That that block. Mm-hmm. Bro, he's never played tight end in the NFL. No, he just like the, you. You can do all. You can do all the offseason work, training. Yo, yeah, he was super jacked. Good for him. Like you can do all the offseason training. You can go do drills. You can do, go through practice and do drills and catch balls and block and everything. Like you know as well as I do, playing sports growing up, practice and game speed are completely different. Different, yeah. But like when you get to the league, you know, and we'll have we'll have we'll have Jay Hill on eventually. He can tell us about that. But like, why are we dogging him? Yeah. Like if he's like, I mean, Lord knows what he's going to do now. He's he'll go back to the SEC network or. You know, something like that, but like, bro, he tried. Like, he was never going to take someone's spot. Let's just let's get that out of the way. He was never going to take someone's spot. He was going to be the fourth, fourth string tight end or practice squad tight end guy, or get released and go sign somewhere else. Which, like, who knows what's going to happen? But like, why dog him? Is it? It's Tebow. I mean, I know he's he's more of like an attraction than than anything else. Than like, you know, I'm sure he wants to be viewed as a professional athlete. But he's more of an attraction yeah. than, than anything. It's Tim Tebow. Like his name has so much weight on it. And his college numbers are insane. His college career is in- incredible. One of the best ever. But like, why are we like, why are we dogging him like this? He, he, I feel a lot of it is hate. And because he's gotten so many opportunities, people just can't be happy for somebody. Be, just because the person you wanted couldn't get that one or a second chance, that first or second chance, you're hating on Tim Tebow. All he's doing is trying to live out his dream any way possible. And yeah. he's done nothing wrong. He talks no shit. He just accepts it. He legit accepts it. Half of people are mad because he's just, they call him the Christian boy. It's like, he's doing nothing wrong to anybody. Mm-hmm. He's not talking shit and then going out there. He's legit just trying to play and you analyze every single thing. But then when he's behind the mic talking, there's no issues. When he gets sick on the field, there's always something. You think that you think that if he wasn't so outspoken about his about his his faith, that it'd be different. To be honest, yes, because look at Mark yeah. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, with all with all due respect, I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> if 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 Tim Tebow never mentioned God or anything, or like mentioned his faith, which I think was known when he was coming into into college. Um, but if if he never mentioned it or it was never brought up or anything like that, I like I, I don't think he'd be as um as like heavily viewed maybe as as he would if he if he wasn't if he would if he didn't talk about his faith or if we didn't know that he goes to all these third world countries and builds fucking cities for these 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 people like legit like he does all these things he does all like but like. He's, you know, he's not doing it because he wants the spotlight or anything. He's not trying to, he's not trying out for the mess because he wants the spotlight. Yeah. My guy's just living his life, bro. That's all he's doing. And like, I think like, as I've gotten older, and like, you see all these athletes like try to do this or try to do that. And like, like, bro, they're just trying to like live their life like the rest of us. That's again, like, if that was my, again, if that was my son, I'd be like, dude, go do whatever you want. If you want to go try out for the Mets, go for it, dude. Like, you might not make it, but, like, who cares? Like, go have some fun. Yeah, just the attempt in itself is big. Yep. Um, oh, I got a quick story, though. So, I went to – this is completely off topic, but I just wanted to get it, get it out there. 
So I went to um, I went to Looney's. You know, oh, I went to yeah. Looney's. Uh, anybody up here in the Maryland area knows what Looney's is. Um, and I got one in the neighborhood. So I went to Looney's. I was the buddy of mine. And um, so backstory, like I don't really drink anymore. I might have, if I do drink, it's like one a week. Um, and if I go out to dinner or whatever, but obviously that means like my tolerance is low and you know me, like tolerance used to be pretty sky high, like a tank. So I went to, went to Looney's hour, every hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I'm, I'm still so sorry about that, bro. (laughs) Yo, I made every single person we were around. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, (laughs) We um we were at Looney's. We got there like eight thirty, eight forty five, so early, right? And we were there till eleven forty five, almost twelve, probably. We're just chilling, right? Mm-hmm. But I had like four beers in that time span, right? Woke up the next morning feeling like I had a thirty pack in like ten shots. I felt damn. I'm like, bro, did I really just lose it that quickly? Damn. Like, bro, I, I felt I felt so like. I was like, whoa, where, like, where did Steven go? Like, my, I felt so, like, I felt so, yeah, I was like, where I'm, I'm gone. Like, I just means I'm getting old. But that's it, bro. Like, I'm just getting old and it sucks. So I just want to, want to get off, get that off my chest. Uh, I'm getting old officially. I turn 30 next March. It sucks. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to feel like I'm going to cry about it, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> if there's any, uh, breweries out there that want to sponsor us, we'll definitely <laughs> yep, yep. have a drink on the show anytime. So if you guys are listening, um, that's every hour on the hour. Every hour. So we will go into that, if not next week, within the next couple weeks, because Steve and I will probably make that a segment about our every shots on the hours and what used to happen. But I want to talk about super fast the robots. So I was talking to um Pillar Wallet again, Kieran, and we were just talking about the robots and stuff. I was like, yo, we are done like people don't think it they think it's so cool i don't think it's cool when you see these dudes these robots falling and then you see the other ones like jumping over like they're in some men in black or bad boy stuff and i'm like they are legit jumping over bars running on ramps and then they're switching off they did a backflip at the end mm-hmm. this is not nope. normal and then of course nope. people controlling them are like working it to that extent are hyping stuff no that's not cool because what they used to show on irobot they're making that damn near come true at this rate so that's the first one. You can go look on our social media channels to find it. I promise you'll see it. And people are so hype about it. Uh, I want to shout out really quick, everyone that's following me. So I hit a smidge of a milestone. I didn't hit the make one yet. So I got to 9,000 followers. So thank you to everyone out there. I know. <laughs> Yo, bro, I'm at 345 followers. You got to tell, tell your followers I know. to come give me a follow. So I got a trick that I'm going to end up doing. We'll talk about it later on, how you can definitely get a hell of a lot of followers super quickly. I'm going to shout them out right now. A Lonely Alien Space Club. So I, they're an NFT collectibles, and that's my avatar right now. So Lonely, um, Lonely Alien Space Club. With them, they're an amazing community. Uh, you can basically be who you want to be. So a lot of people start to notice in the NFT world that uh, the ones that are doing really well aren't necessarily the humans that are black, white, Asian, whatever it is. It's the ones that are not necessarily have a gender or a specific color. So like lonely aliens, a lot of people like to be some of the monkey ones that are out there. You have like rabbits and penguins that are big ones. 
um, just because nobody really knows. But oh, I, I am I am so lost right now. We're talking about monkeys and penguins and <laughs> like, where did this come from, bro? So, what is going on? It's all in the NFT world. So I'll go into a video as well with non fungible tokens. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, make sure to check out the video I just did with Yams. Uh, with the world of women that was our first one we launched on the anchor platform and spotify so check that out that's where a lot of the people overseas have been watching us at but with the lonely alien space club i probably gained at least three to four hundred followers in two days from them so we're gonna end up hooking steven up with one of them and if he wants he can put it as his picture for like a day like them they will all follow you because they'll accept you a part of the community after this video is published and put out i will be shouting you guys out as well, L-A-S-C for everyone out there, just put the hashtag in. And the last thing I wanna talk about is Robinhood. So Robinhood just released their cryptocurrency revenue. 60% of that revenue was from Dogecoin trading, which lets you all know that it's a lot of retail traders and people that are just getting in the game that hear about Dogecoin when you guys should be getting into like Bitcoin, Ethereum and other ones. Dogecoin is gonna make you guys upset at one point. So don't just fall in love with Dogecoin, it is a meme coin. Um, with that, we have a lot of interviews coming up. We have Numio that's up in the future, Redcoin that's coming up, and we have a lot of other good stuff to hook you guys up with. So make sure you guys tune in for our fantasy rankings. Steven has his Penn State videos coming up, which you will definitely love because he will give you a lot of analysis on that. During the season, we will start to talk a lot about the football games that do come up. We'll give our expectations on who are the people to watch for the week. We might even do like waiver wire segments. Those are always the interesting ones, figuring out who's going to be like the top ones on the waiver wire that I can never goddamn get because nope. you always have to end up not drafting really high and stuff because they will uh, mess you up down the road. But that's everything for everyone out there. So we appreciate you all always supporting us. Um, the views are going up. We appreciate that. People around the world are watching us. So we thank you all for that. We got a bigger 300 views and other cryptos are starting to be on the rise. So we appreciate you all over here at We Got Next. And I got nothing. You got anything? Go follow me at Steven underscore Springs. Christian is going to just put my Twitter handle in a tweet. And that's it. Yeah, I know. And I'm going to see. I'm, and So he's going to do that right after we're done with this. I'm yeah. telling him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and come next week, I have 345 followers next week. We're going to see how many followers I can gain just from Christian tweeting out my name. And telling people to go follow me. We'll see how that, we'll see how well it goes. But um, yeah, go follow me. Yes, sir. It'll happen. Lonely aliens, we're going to get them. All right, we out. Peace.